I mean, first of all, thanks for choosing us over Lizzo. This is all about to see what you can and can't do. And uh, when you compete in our league, it'll tell you. Welcome back to the Non-20 Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Quinton. The battery is not complete today. We had some scheduling conflicts, uh, and after all, it's Albany that we're looking to dissect, and quite honestly, there is not a lot there, folks, uh, especially just one weekend. There is a lot to look for and to love at Crumble. We will get into the weekend rotation presented by Crumble Cookies. You folks need to go check out the featured cookie of this week, the Trace Leches cookie. It is to die for. Um, it's starting to take the throne, for me, at least in my eyes, the peanut butter variations that they put out. So be sure to go to your local Crumble. There are three in and around Knoxville, Clinton Highway, Turkey Creek, Parkside Drive, um, and then also Maryville. Be sure to go check it out as far as the weekend rotation on Rocky Top this week. We know about A.J. Russell and Drew Beam from last weekend. What a performance. A.J. stole the show. Both the A.J.'s. A.J. Russell and A.J. Kazi. And, and then uh, Drew Beam just did Drew Beam things. I mean, Russell, 10 Ks to one walk. Drew Beam in a much different fashion. Look, Beam doesn't have stuff that's just going to blow away guys. Uh, but the guy probably knows how to pitch. That, that intangible, you hear that term all the time, like, this guy just knows how to pitch, right? We hear it all the time in baseball. Whatever that intangible it is, however you want it to, to describe it, Drew Beam probably has that as a higher grade than anybody else in this draft. At least, you know, in the first round, when you're looking at guys like Chase Burns, uh, Santucci, Breck, Drew Beam just has such a wide picks, uh, pitch mix. Uh, he, he can just get outs via ground ball. Otherwise, he can miss bats. I mean, he only had a couple of Ks last weekend, but seven hits and six or singles. He just knows how to get out of get out of jams and love watching the guy, man. He's he's gonna go Saturday against Connor Eisenman and AJ Russell will go Friday night in game one against Owen Berkman. Sunday is to be determined for both teams, and I'm wondering if the Vols go back to Xander Seacrest just to give him a start on the weekend uh at home, but Personally, I would love to see Chris Stamos. I think he pitched really well. He looked a lot similar to the the way he looked a couple of weeks prior in a scrimmage. He is coming in the season hot. And I think Nate Snead, I mean, if you would have told me Nate Snead would have been north of 80 pitches, I would have just been floored. Uh, the guy certainly put up a case. He has five walks, which is pretty much a third of the walks Tennessee has surrendered up to this point, uh, 16 as a team, and Snead has five of them, but he sort of reeled in his command and looked stronger as the pitch count got up there last weekend. So uh, probably one of those candidates. Um, it will not be Wyatt Evans, I do not believe. He was listed as not active going down to Texas, and I personally don't expect to see him this weekend or anytime soon. Hear more about that situation as the season goes on. But for now, I think Stamos... Seacrest, Sneed, one of those three. Um, as far as the bats, I am looking for 
some of these bats to get turned on this weekend. I think they will. Obviously, everybody wants to talk about Blake Burke, and rightfully so. He had a double against ETSU in that onslaught, that 16-0 onslaught. Cannon Peoples, he was like electrifying coming into the season out of the spring ramp up and not hitting the ball right now, but I think that changes. A guy like Reese Chapman who flashed the glove and looked really good in the corner on that play against ETSU. Um, he doesn't have a hit yet. Let's turn that up this weekend because I think he is a heck of a player. He is competing in an outfield right now that I think is uh, has been very underrated. I think they're going to catch a lot of steam in terms of attention and knowing the athletic ability of Dryling and Tears. Uh, Tears, if you listen to the pod or the Baseball Prospect Journal podcast, he's got a hose and he flashed it. <laughs> he flashed it the other night. And so... Chapman is in a heated battle, but uh, to try to get at bats via the outfield, and you know, I love it. I think it's I think it's going to turn out for the better for that group out there. And then what about Dean Curley uh, in his debut, going two for three with a homer? I think he needs to play short as much as possible until Antigua gets back. And uh, Bracky Laurie, not not a hit yet, but I think you're going to see him play up the middle quite a bit this weekend hopefully he can turn on and uh what what's there say about Simo? i mean getting over base over half the time right now and hitting 474 i love him at the leadoff spot let's you know let's see what that looks like for a while and uh you can kind of reset the lineup with pushing guys back with the depth that you have right now uh, a guy like you know like we saw the other night dylan dryling towards the back um hunter Ensley at the nine spot. I mean, you can reset the lineup when you've got a guy like Simo up front and, you know, Amick in the heart, Peebles in the heart. I'm not worried about Peebles. I think he turns it on. Uh, so that's what I'm looking to see. And then obviously some more of these newcomers and young guys on the pitching side of things. Uh, that was the lovely thing about this midweek uh, two-game slate is that you had Austin Hunley with his performance sealing the deal against U- UNC Asheville in a tight game and an ugly game. Uh, Matthew Dallas and then more of Schaefer. Man, these guys need innings, and I think there's going to be a great opportunity for guys to sort of exercise their demons and, most importantly, get more innings and, and more ABs against game speed and another opponent so that about wraps it up for me I mean as far as Albany's concerned look they won nine games last year after winning 22 each of the prior two seasons they got a head coach that's been there a long time but other than that man they're filled with a bunch of guys from New York and then they they do have which I respect they do have two guys that are live free or die from the great state of New Hampshire which I dearly love uh, they got a guy from Nashua and Concord. So uh, I travel through and to both of those places uh, when I'm in the summer up in uh, up in New England. So shout out to those guys. But other other than that, the, the cold weather bats are coming to Rocky Top. And they may feel right at home on Saturday uh, when the weather's supposed to be projected, I think, in the low 40s, mid 40s. Uh, 50% chance of rain or something like that. That could be an ugly game all the way around, but uh, it'll be the Albany's first crack of the season. Uh, you'll see that with a lot of teams. I think they've got a team 
in their own conference that's in the – yeah, UMBC is in the same boat. Hasn't played a game yet. You'll see that sometimes because due to scheduling, they can't quite – some of these northern teams can't quite all schedule um, a Snowbird Classic or the teams in the south. And you've got all these teams like Tennessee that – Last weekend, opening weekend, uh, traveled to a showcase against other Power 5 opponents. And so those get gobbled up, and then these northern schools are like, well, we can't play up here. <laughs> so um, so that, you know, everything gets kind of put on pause for a week, and then they, they come down and play south. I think Albany, man, it's going to be a while before they – I looked at it, and it's going to be – it's going to be late March before they have a home game. So – they the Great Danes will be road dogs in every sense of the word, but for Tennessee, I'm kind of circling that Kansas State game uh, when Kalen Culpepper and the boys from Manhattan come to town. Culpepper is uh, a really hot prospect right now, electrifying athlete and batter. Uh, can't wait to see him and that matchup. That one game is looking pretty good right now, and, and b- before that, Tennessee has plenty of time to get tuned up against High Point. And uh, Bowling Green, of course, hopefully uh, the Vols can find some consistency and a rhythm. We've seen some SEC teams stumble this week against lesser opponents. Austin P took two from Mississippi State. Arkansas State beat Ole Miss 4-2. to two. Had Vanderbilt lose to Dayton. And they had a tight game the next night against Eastern Kentucky. The Colonels do play the Vols later this season. So I, I think Tennessee's safe for a little bit, but it's a weak non-conference schedule. You have to make the most of your opportunities against Kansas State, against Xavier, um, and and we'll see against some of these others. You got an Illinois in there, a Power 5, three-game series at home. Not a whole lot of room for error in the non-conference, so plenty, but pl- plenty of time to get tuned up and get some ABs and innings for guys that are that are new and fresh So before conference play begins. That will do it for me, folks. Be sure to download the Fan Run app. If you haven't heard, Fox Sports Knoxville is now going to carry the Braves, part of Braves Radio Network. Knoxville has always been Braves country, and now we can bring the sights and sounds of the Braves to you, the viewers and listeners. Uh, you can get it on the radio dial now. That's that's so special to me. means a lot to me. I remember as a kid, uh, riding around with the top down in my dad's 57 Fairlane, uh, being able to listen to the Braves. So, uh, or you can listen in that, but the most important thing is we're going to carry the Braves. Great, to, great to bring you that news and, uh, very special for a lot of our listeners. Thanks for tuning in. We will do it again. Probably it'll be after the series is complete, either Sunday night or early week, and we will get ready for High Point and Bowling Green. See you guys then.